0: and welcome back to a brand new episode of T with Janae. I'm your host Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site T with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm so excited for today's episode because I'm chatting with Brian Lawrence all about easy DIY website fixes. Brian shares his knowledge advice and tips and several ideas on how you can easily update your website today to start getting those good inquiries into your inbox tomorrow. A little bit about Brian is that he has been involved in the wedding industry since a very early age. He's done everything from wedding invitations to photography. He's seen and done it all and was the pioneer of the one-stop wedding shop. He now owns and is the CEO of Brian Lawrence Website Design, SEO, and marketing consulting firm devoted exclusively to the wedding wedding and events industry. I'm so excited that he's here. I love talking all about SEO and DIY fixes, and I'm happy to know that Brian and I are on the same page about a lot of things. So let's get excited. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Brian, can you say hi to everybody?
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, I look forward to uh, educating you and being inspirational.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm so excited you're here. Thanks for so much for coming on the show. Great to be here. Yeah. So we're today we're going to be talking about um, DIY website fixes, which is definitely a topic I love to talk about and I'm, I'm going to pick your brain. <laughs> I'm going to find out all that good information. But before we get started, let's introduce you to our listeners. Could you tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started?
1: Sure. Well, I have been in the wedding and event industry my entire adult life. And it even began before being an adult. I, I grew up in Brooklyn, which I, I understand you live there Yay. too. Yes. And I worked in a beach club and a, a wedding venue. And I did every type of job, like from busboy to waiter to bartender and was just around weddings all the time. And just you get an insider's view there. And you see all the nuances and the personalities. And I originally was interested in nutrition, but I just definitely shifted and decided, you know what? I want the wedding industry. I can't or couldn't afford to buy a venue. What's the next best thing? Get involved in the wedding services part part of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I came up with an idea and I, I, I started off with an invitation and favor store. In New Jersey and realized that if I wanted to stay wedding focused, that wasn't enough. So I started thinking and expanding into working with other vendors where they first sub-rented in my store. But then I decided, you know what, I'm going to be like the wedding contractor where I sold all of these services under my company name and then found reliable vendors to do the work. And ultimately, with the expansion of my business, I ended up opening a photography studio, buying limousines, producing my own flowers. So I really got a tremendous vantage point into a lot of different areas of weddings. And I had as many as seven stores, was in the retail environment for 15 years, and then looked at my life, had a young family. The retail part of it just, I felt, did not balance my life in the right way. But I love the industry, so I decided to take another... Departure. I, my family member stayed in the in the retail part. I just divorced myself, <laughs> and, I, and I ended up uh, finding a position with one of the at that time one of the leading luxury custom invitation wholesale brands, a company called Encore that had about that time about twenty five hundred retailers, wedding planners, invitation retailers, other wedding vendors that wanted to have an add on. They basically created a position for me. It lasted for 14 years. And at that, it was there that I learned about the wedding industry way beyond my own vantage point. And I, I, took, I became somewhat of a thought leader. I wrote a couple of books. I wrote a book called The Wedding Expert's Guide to Sales and Marketing, and then one for the stationery industry, and got involved with speaking. And I, and I, and I grew that brand basically with educating. And then it came to a point where I realized that I wanted more. I wanted it, felt entrepreneurial again. And that's when 10 years ago, I started a company that was rooted in web design, SEO, and consulting.
0: I love that. I've been
1: doing it for the last 10 years. And there's certainly been different renditions of my business. For example, you go back about even like six or seven years. The whole methodology of designing a website was totally different. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was it was really much more building from the ground up. Mobile wasn't as much of a factor, and it was a non-factor ten years ago. So, but now it's just become a lot easier for wedding businesses to take some ownership over the design process, and that I understand is the essence of what one of the essences of what you would like me to cover today. some ideas and tips.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, I we talk a lot about websites and we've had a couple of other experts on um talking about you know things that they see uh that people can improve upon but I like that you can that this is like DIY right because I don't know. in the beginning, I have been down this for a while. You know, you had to hire someone to do your site. and if you wanted updates, you had to wait for them. But now everything, you know I'm on Squarespace. I don't know if you use them or recommend them. But for me, like Squarespace is so easy, right? Like it's really SEO friendly. It's really easy to use and update. So I'm excited to like pick your brain <laughs> and sort of talk about these DIY website fixes. You know, I think, like to kick us off, you know, what are some easy, you know, straightforward fixes that you would that is easy for our listeners to sort of start with right away?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so, for, first thing is, I just wanted to kind of set a landscape of how people think about their own website. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I, I work with people on all different levels from doing a new website, helping them enhance their website, or just helping them to help themselves. And some of the people I speak to say, well, my clients love my website. I always get compliments on it. And that is kind of a trap because even the best website, only a minority of people that actually visit the website actually contact the business. Mm -hmm. So what about all the other people that went to the website and left? Right. So, that the, the whole idea is to think about ways that you can get, you're never going to get everybody that goes to your website to contact you, but maybe if 5% contact you from the people that visit your site, and you get up to 10%, it's a home run. And that's where some of these things that I'm going to share, I think, could be helpful.
0: I love that. Yeah, definitely.
1: So, the first thing is that you have to think about how a site visitor is behaving. Just about everybody now is used to scrolling. Mm -hmm. So whether they're on a mobile device or on a desktop, they're typically like moving. They're not like staying still. So some of the things that you feel that you've gotten across right at the very beginning could easily get passed by. And one of the most important things that I feel is really important is to have your navigation menu sticky, meaning that it continues to hover down the page, so that somebody can continue to be oriented where they may want to go next mm-hmm. as they as they go down the page. And I see a lot of sites that are, that don't have that, that don't, that don't implement that easy option in their control panel. And I think that that that's definitely a mistake, uh, that to to you know to to, to correct. Do
0: you, is that just for mobile, or is that from the main website, or is this for
1: both? Both, both. okay. Absolutely, it's the okay. same because because now you know maybe years ago people would would be called like looking at a website. You want to have everything above the fold. Like people would just be at one staring at that computer screen. But that's not <laughs> the case anymore. People are. Are just scrolling down because that's their behavior. So it's so, but but to your point, it's particularly important on a mobile.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: And the other thing is, even with having that navigation bar, uh, menu choices continue to scroll down. Don't count on your menu bar to be the, the driver to other pages. You want to look at your homepage almost like a virtual receptionist or a front lobby where you want to elegantly and cleanly lay out, first of all, why you, I mean, start off with a really nice headline, a really nice image. Also, a lot of times you can't assume that people know the area that, you're, that, you, that you cover. That's, an, that's another big miss that people forget about is they don't say serving the Atlanta area or if their physical location located in Atlanta, Georgia, I mean, that's a really great place to start even putting that on the header. So it's always yeah. there in front of them.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that's a smart tip, but like people don't, people, I, I see a lot of that happening where people don't put where they are based or where they serve. And then it's like, well, where do you work? I have no idea. You know, like you can work everywhere, but maybe you just say destination. <laughs>
1: Yes. or you say worldwide. Right. Sometimes I like to use the term serving Chicago and beyond, right? Or something like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let people know where you work. I think that's a great. Tip. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, and and also in this, I know there's a lot of a lot of a lot of wedding vendors go you know meet people in Starbucks, or of course with COVID, there's been a lot more virtual. But if somebody has a physical location, that could be an advantage to to also showcase the physicality Mm -hmm. of of, of that location.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that could go beyond just having a physical office or storefront. Mm -hmm. If somebody works from home and they have a really designated space in their home where they're seeing people or doing something that is professional I mean, there's no reason to not make that tangible on the the homepage as well. Because that just creates this, when someone is looking at a website, the thing that is is probably the most important, of course, you want to to appeal to them visually, but also you want to win their trust. And also the the concreteness of the physicality of where you are is that, well, this person is here. They're not going anywhere. So I think that's another little tip to think about if it's relevant.
0: Yeah, I think that's super. People can be like, oh, I can, they have a physical address, or at least I know where they work now. Um, you know, and I think also putting in beyond, like you said, or destination, like people know, oh, you travel, you know, like you're available.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and also, you have to look at, of course, you, you don't have any control over what somebody is going how someone's going to behave on your website but you have to try to stack the odds in your favor by by having in mind a hierarchy of what are the things that you would want people to say see first mm-hmm. as opposed to, like for example you know wedding wire and the knot I mean they have done studies and you know I'm very I, I work very closely with Alan Berg and we, we work together on a lot of things and you know he he he, he talks about uh, that that most wedding couples want to know about pricing mm-hmm. uh, upfront, and that in some cases pricing transparency is positive. Mm-hmm. And and I and I think everybody's journey with pricing is different.
0: Right. Yeah. Agreed.
1: But but the, but the but the one thing that I think everybody could agree on is that if somebody is wants to share their pricing. Why would you want people to see your pricing before you, you establish your value? Exactly. Yeah. So if somebody, so if somebody has in their navigation bar in their menu, right in the center pricing, where's someone going to go to first? Because they typically wedding couples are, still learning they're, you know, it's not, it's a first-time purchase for the most time. And they and the thing the, their means of comparison often is pricing. So that's what they're going to defer to first. And often budgets are imaginary. So if you when someone is looking at a website, usually they're using very pragmatic and linear thinking. It's not as emotional as that face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And that's why incidentally you're really selling a two-way conversation, because that's when you have control. That's when you could bring things to life. Right. But getting back to the pricing issue is that I really strongly recommend if you're going to show pricing, either don't don't have a separate net, don't have a, a, a very prominent navigation, or if you're going to have a pricing page Show some things about the value of your business. Use that as a as a way to reinforce the why of your business before they scroll down and actually see the pricing, or have on your or have a, a that page, and then have a, a additional link that opens to another pricing page, but don't just give them the price. Is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I actually call it um investment on my own site, and uh, I just say. Actually, I don't even say anything. It's in my contact page. Like services begin at.
1: <laughs> right. And yeah. Again, there's all. There's all. Di- there's all different strategies having to do with that, and uh, I mean, essentially, when somebody is giving out their pricing, the f- one of the fields of thoughts is that okay, well, someone knows my pricing already and they contact me. That's one objection I don't have to worry about.
0: Right. Yeah. But
1: because. then, but then, the other f- school of thought is that well. They don't have a chance sometimes you're eliminating someone from having the chance to really get excited and about about your product and all, all of a sudden everybody just about everybody that's planning on a formal wedding that's 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 spending tens of thousands of dollars could realign their budget a little bit for a particular vendor if they really fall in love with them.
0: Right, right Yeah, it's there's you know tons of information there's tons of thoughts out there. I think people just have to try track and see like what works best for them. But I like that you say, don't have it front and center on your menu bar, you know, make them work for it a little bit and don't give everything away.
1: <laughs> right. Right. love that. And, so, and, and, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was good. I was just going down the list, but if you wanted to ask me another question.
0: Oh no. Yeah. Go down. Yeah. Next one. we be super.
1: Okay. So also you always want to have available especially on a mobile, easy access to contact you. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about someone that is, you know, has a mobile device and they, you know, they may be interested in contacting you, make it easy for them, have a click to call icon right on, the, you know, right on that sticky menu or email or text, because for them having to struggle with, you know, trying to find your phone number, typing it in, again that's a really simple diy fix that get that that could be really important
0: yeah i love that and also i don't know if you have this in your tips but nothing drives me crazier than when people don't have their phone number or email address listed on their contact page along with their contact form like not everybody wants to use the contact form so like I hate when I can't email someone directly, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's really no reason to not have your uh, phone and email on every page in your footer. A lot of businesses that have websites don't put enough value on, on the footer. I mean, the footer is not, certainly not the most important part of, of the website, but it's a really good place to add details that you want to have there that maybe aren't part of the like why experience or the visual experience. So that that's also an excellent place to, uh, to, to add the, the phone number and email address.
0: I love that. Yeah. Good tip. Okay.
1: So another thing is very important thing is the, the headline uh, headlines that kind of guide the experience. I'm not a really great fan of always being superlative in a, like in a bragging standpoint, well, the top photographer in Idaho, but really trying to bring out a benefit that is more nuanced and more specific and more of a knowledge that this is what people really perceive about you. Mm-hmm. And one of the, way, the best ways to do that is to study your reviews. You go back to your reviews and you can study them f- to help you with, it, with, with a number of different vantage points. One is sometimes the emotion that a couple might express their satisfaction with you for, for something, a particular element, particular benefit could be better than the better, best copywriter. Right, and you, can, and you can use those in your headlines. You could use those as benefits. And also, you could also use them as testimonials on your site. And one of, the, one of the other things that I recommend is to be selective about testimonials that you use, as opposed to having a testimonial page. Because if you think that people are going to really read all the testimonials on one page. I don't think that's the case. Right. And if you're going to use testimonials, it's it's you want to make them as authentic as possible. And and of course a photo of them brings them to life, but also the 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 date along with the names, the the venue, I think is a really a really good one and, and the area they're from. But the venue is a really important focal point that I think a lot of wedding vendors miss out on how important that is to build credibility. Like everybody, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, so this is like a little aha moment. So you're saying in your reviews, you should have the client's name, the date, and then the venue. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I never even thought about that.
1: Well, I'm going to share a little bit more about venues. Okay. So think, of course, if you're not a venue.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. This is not, yeah. This is for wedding photographers.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. So if you, so think about your journey as a photographer in establishing credibility and how exciting it is when you are a preferred vendor at a venue, you're on the list. Mm -hmm. But the reality of the situation is that. How effective that list means to your business is all about how that venue uses it. So the the typical venue, maybe they have a uh, preferred vendor page that they link to. Maybe they send an follow-up email, but a lot of times it never really gets conveyed to each couple that books with them. But that doesn't mean that it's not important because there's so many different ways that a wedding couple, once they start planning, could start looking for vendors that could basically sidetrack them from from their venue recommendations. But that doesn't mean that, say they got to a website from from Google or they got to a website from uh, one of the wedding industry platforms, that doesn't mean that if they don't see that you're a preferred... If you don't tout, if you tout that you're a preferred vendor at that venue, it would mean something. Sometimes it could be almost like an express train to trust. Mm -hmm. So I recommend that that one considers if you are a preferred vendor at different venues to actually list them in a prominent way. And I will assert that I think that that could be even more meaningful than any of the wedding wire and the not badges.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think those are like a dime a dozen. You know, like they get, I mean, no offense to the knot or the wedding wire, but right. like, yeah, like, oh, I mean, you just have to get 10 reviews and then you get one. So if you know that, it kind of takes away the the meaning. <laughs> but if you're a preferred vendor, like that is like a relationship you've cultivated and they trust you and they like you as a person, as a company, and they want their clients to work with you. I agree. That is that for me has more clout you know, more, more meaning.
1: Yes. And uh, it's, and I can, I would say 90% of all uh, wedding vendor sites don't even mention it. They may have blog posts like photographers certainly are great sometimes at doing, you know, visually rich uh, real wedding blog posts, but often, unfortunately, blogs don't get a lot of play. Yeah. When, you know, if, if it's, if it's a robust website. Uh, I mean, I use blogs in a different way. A lot of times I, I, I use them to, to bring people to the site, but it, but in general, in general, you know, considering that this is a, a, you know, a, an audience of mostly photographers, I want to share another vantage point that I didn't even think about that. I just want to share right now. Yeah. And that is, is that of course, you are, as a photographer, you want to show your best work. Right. But, that, that, but when somebody is going to a photographer's website, that's what a couple is expecting. And sometimes they don't really have a real visual understanding of what is the difference between a good photographer and a great photographer. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is I've seen photographer sites that have... Like no, no content at all. I mean, it's just imagery. And they think that the imagery is going to do it all. And sometimes it does. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that you really need to try to think about the why of, of, of you as a photographer besides the work. What's the experience of working with you? What's your vision? Just things like that that could that could be that much more inspirational and that could help differentiate you from another photographer that is strictly just resting on visual expression.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think there's a, a healthy mix in there somewhere where some sites I see from photographers that I coach and I help, like they're just so bogged down with text that like no one is reading
1: that. And then you Oh put, yeah, that's yeah. the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and then you sure. have other sites where there's nothing and you're like, well, what's going on here? So I think there's like a happy medium and <laughs> I'm glad that you're kind of like, Uh, on the same wavelength with that too
1: sure and also most from a from an seo perspective and a user experience perspective uh besides thinking about the you know the area that you cover i think that it's really important to define your niches yeah Uh, like are there certain nationalities or ethnicities that are are important groups to target because if somebody finds you and they see that you really honor their culture sorry about that uh that could be a big reason for them to contact you in the first place
0: yeah for sure
1: so it's really it's it's very very uh very very important, uh, and also to not just list that you have that you you know target uh, different cultures or ethnicities, but actually have designated landing pages that really speak to traditions that's, that show imagery that's reflective, you know things like that.
0: Yeah, and that, is that good for an SEO standpoint?
1: Yes, it, it's also good from an SEO standpoint. The more landing pages that you have, and and also if you're if you're not just wedding focus, but you do other events. Having other pages for events as well is really is really important to help yeah. for, for SEO and also for the experience. If someone isn't looking for a wedding photographer, and if you're in a Jewish area for looking for a bar mitzvah or sweet sixteen or quinceaneras, they want to see content and imagery that relates to that.
0: Yeah, agreed. I love that. So, you know, I think already been so amazing tips, (laughs) you know, and DIY fixes here. You know, how would you recommend that we, the owner of the website, provide a better experience for our users? Is there anything that we can do to make that more enjoyable?
1: Well, certainly, uh, you know, what you said before about what some photographers do is having too much text.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is really, you have to realize that you may have a lot to say, but if you have it in, in too many clusters of, of words, people are just not going to read it. People are skimming, they're not reading. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with even being redundant right. about getting a point across. You could certainly get the same point across choosing different words. The things that are really important that you want to get across, you can't trust. I mean, of course, you want to you want to have all the, the important ammo right at the on the top of the site, but again, as people are scrolling, they may miss it. So you have, so don't hesitate to reinforce it, and don't hesitate to reinforce some of the benefits when they go to deeper pages. Mm-hmm. But right. just, but just, but just remember again, the two way conversation is what you want because then you have control over how people are perceiving you rather than having, letting your prospective clients continue having a one-way conversation with, 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 with your site. It's, it's all about getting them to contact you with interest.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love it. And is there any way, you know, that we should have, should we be worried about our site speed? I I feel like that
1: was, that was actually, absolutely. That's a really key thing from And that's definitely a very dangerous DIY mistake is not, is not optimizing your photos so that they load as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Because if, because that could be uh, a real uh, detriment. Uh, I did a, I did a case study for a very prominent DJ company called Bun DJ company. They're, They're in six locations and the case study is right on my website. And we brought them to the top of Google uh, when they really they weren't. And one of the biggest things that helped elevate their ranking was was was, was working on their speed. And th- one of the big things that they that that we did is we they had like all of these videos of the different DJs loading on the same page. And then we we, ba- we basically took them. Took them off and put them on individual pages, and that sped up the site immensely. So there's just different things that you can do to speed up your site, and that absolutely will, could increase your help your ranking and stop hurting your ranking.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse. I mean, going to a site and it's literally like I don't know a minute to load the photo. It's like I don't have time for this. Like, yeah, need- never
1: mind. Never mind the user experience, which if you lose them. And also, the average person could spend two to three minutes on your site. So do you want to take a minute of their time when, and by the time they see something, they're already frustrated? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really, it's really, really important uh, point.
0: Yeah. And I think there's a site like Speed Checker, right? Is there like a website you could just test it on?
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, Google has tools and they could, every, there's all different tools, but they can just, if you just Google's site, you know, speed test.
0: Oh, yeah, Person. that's it. Yeah. Speed Easy. test.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legos click on.
0: So, you know, from your experience, you know, I would love to like talk a little bit about SEO, you know, and like how, because you just said that you got your client from, I don't know, maybe zero to the first ranking, you know, how can we enhance our SEO rankings um, to elevate our Google status? You know, are there any sort of simple DIY fixes that we can share?
1: Yes, absolutely. So a lot of times businesses are focused on what people see mm-hmm. when some, and they, and they also think about, all right, you know what? I'm going to make sure, and I'm going to add these different keyword phrases on, 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 on with, throughout the site that is that Google is going to see. It's going to help me rank to a certain extent. That may be true, but the most important part of helping your ranking is what goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And when somebody on every website there is, whether it's you know Squarespace, WordPress, or Wix, which I, I'll say are the three most popular platforms these days, there's there's a there's a there's control panels that in the control panel, there's an opportunity for you. To tell Google how you want to rank on each page. And it's not just your homepage. Every page has the opportunity to rank for a different keyword phrase. Mm-hmm. And the keyword phrase and, and what you think are good keyword phrases and what are good keyword phrases are two different things. Mm-hmm. You might think, you might live in a small town and say, wow, well, I want to rank for uh, uh, you know, a small town USA wedding photographer and 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 you, and you rank on top of google for that term and you and you get a great amount of satisfaction and then there are tools w- where you can do what's called keyword research to find actually how many times those keyword terms are really searched right so if they're if they are never searched it means nothing and that's people da- sometimes daily get well we'll get you on the first page of google they get you on the first page of Google for a, a term that nobody searches for, even though it sounds good, it means nothing. Right. So you have to really, if you, you have to look at two different factors when you're trying to rank for keywords. One is how frequently it's searched and also how competitive it is mm-hmm. if, because there's only one, one first page of Google. But one thing that people need to know is that SEO is really important. And WeddingWire and the Knot, for example, I mean, they built their whole business on SEO. Mm -hmm. If If you search for any local search term, you will find them on top of the Google search results for almost every search term. Because what they're trying to do is intercept people that are searching for local vendors and bring them to their platform to deliver them to their advertisers. Yeah. And so part of a couple of, and also there's, uh, there's local bridal show companies, there's local industry platforms. So the first page of Google is often hard to attain top ranking for, for the organic results, you know, the regular results. But title tags and meta descriptions certainly help. But, but the other important aspect is understanding that your Google My Business profile is a really important profile to establish there there are three three ways you get found on google one is the organic the regular searches where anybody could 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 find a way if they have the right amount of money or traffic coming to their site or the, or the way they code their site they could rank from anywhere they don't have to be in the area but from google my for google my business you have to be a local vendor in order to be able to be listed on that directory so that eliminates the main competition and all you're really competing with is other local vendors. Right. So what I, what I tend to do is when at all possible for a local vendor, focus on helping them rank on Google, my business, because it's much more attainable, especially if they're located within the city limits.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. I'm so happy to hear you say that because um, I actually had a coaching client who is, I'm still, she's still my client but she was not using google my business and she had no review she had three reviews and i was like okay we need to fix this because you need more reviews because google likes that and google will show you higher so she like made it her priority for a month to get as many reviews as she could and i think she's almost up to 20 and she's finally like showing up uh, on google much higher and i truly believe it's because of this Google My Business. Like it's it, it, a,
1: that, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's that's sage advice. Yeah. That you yeah. give her. And from think about your your reviews on different platforms. Mm-hmm. And say you're say you're on Wedding Wire and the Knot and you have 80 or 90 reviews if you've been in business a while. And you have and, and you have a Google My Business profile with eight reviews. The next 10 reviews or 20 reviews are not going to mean that much to add to your WeddingWire or the Not profile, but will make all the difference in the world to add to your Google profile. Mm-hmm. Because when somebody is looking on any platform like Wedding Wire or the Nod or, or a local vendor platform or on, on, on Google, they don't have a lot to go on. Mm-hmm. But with Google My Business, you have you do see the amount of reviews, and sometimes the amount of reviews is the big reason why someone's going to click onto your platform as opposed to another. Right. And and to your point, the quantity of reviews also could help advance your ranking. But it's not just getting, like I mentioned, getting those. Like if you are sending out an email to try to get reviews from the clients and your and your Google My Business review quantity is anemic, it's a really good idea to to, to hyper-focus on getting more reviews. Right. But the long-term strategy is to keep getting reviews gradually on Google My Business. They really like the consistency and also the simplest aspect, if you have the same discipline with posting, adding a photo or a post on Google My Business as you do on your social media, that also can help advance your ranking because Google looks at their Google My Business profile as an engagement platform. Mm. So most vendors may update their Google My Business profile with a number of images or videos all at once, like a couple of times a year. It's much better to do it once a week.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I have a tip in there. Um, I actually put it in my calendar to post to my Google My Business um, once a month. I mean, you're saying once a week. I, I can commit to once a month, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that helps. You know, like I can I can see I track my rank- rankings, and it, after I post, I'll check back in a week, and I'm like a few points higher.
1: And and, al- and also, it's it's just. People look at the photos. Yeah. Uh, It's just a really, it's a really good practice. And also there are different fields within Google, my business that many vendors don't pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And it may not, most vendors will photographers will fill out the things that they feel are essential for their potential clients to know about. But from a Google perspective, they want to see a complete profile. Mm-hmm. So, if you have, you know, even if you don't have regular hours, say that you're open twenty four hours. Even though, even though you think it would be assumed that you're closed on Christmas and New Year's, there are, there's a special field for holiday hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, Google My Business even has a, a what's called the Google My Business website that you can set up very, very easily. And one of the least used but really beneficial. Uh, options for Google My Business is Google questions and answers. And that is something that is is really a consumer-driven aspect, but it could be created as a vendor aspect by going and having friends or from a different profile, not associated with the Google My Business profile, asking the questions You'll see on your Google My Business. Uh, when someone sees it, when sees that your profile, there's a place where you can ask a question. You ask the questions, and then as the as the as the owner of the profile, you could create the answers. And within those answers or questions, you could also add keywords that yeah. can help your SEO. Love
0: that. Ooh, that's, that's something
1: a- that hardly anybody uses.
0: Yeah, what a great tip, you guys. <laughs> it's like insider pro information throughout this whole episode. <laughs> They're gonna have oh, wow. to listen, listen twice and take tips. And yeah, I'm this is really great stuff. I'm really excited. So I guess, you know, we have talked about a lot and we've given a lot of tips. And then we always like to give actionable items at the end of each show, but I I want to change it up a little bit. And I would love to get your like top don'ts. Like things that people should remove immediately that could be hurting them for their website?
1: Sure. So I think that, uh, first of all, uh, drop down menus are having a lot of choices on drop down menus creates a confusing navigation experience. Uh, again, you're thinking about the hierarchy where do you want them to go first? Mm-hmm. If you're, if, if you're uh, as a photographer, you know if you have like a drop-down menu for album selection, you don't want them to go to album selection first. So I don't like drop-down menus uh, or like long ones. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you know if you have a if you want to have like an event menu item, then you ha- then you have a drop-down to the different events. That's one thing because that really helps guide the the customer to the right. Uh, page.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Also, uh, vendor pages, if you are, I think it's a very nice idea to, to be, you know, to network with your fellow vendors and other categories, but having a vendor page that's too prominent can be distracting. You don't want people that are focusing on you to, to have, to be able to just, Oh, let me look at this vendor page and then get lost in it looking at another vendor. So okay. I would keep that separate. Don't have audio open on demand.
0: Oh God. No. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, and all, and also while you might have the most fantastic video that you want to show the, the length of it is really important to keep short. How short a minute to two minutes. Okay. Uh, and that's sometimes long. But yeah. I think that I think that pretty much covers it, you know the, yeah. the minute, the minute to two minute. And also, remembering uh, you know we talked a little bit about it earlier as far as the amount of text. And one of the ways that you can control text is by using toggles. And that's particularly important if you have a frequently asked question page. What, so the don't is, if you can have a frequently asked question page, don't just list all the questions and answers list the questions, and then have a toggle that lets them look at the answers that they want to see so that the, the, the whole page doesn't become overwhelming.
0: Yeah. So it's like a little a little button you press and then it drops down, right? That's what you mean?
1: Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in general, when you're writing your content, even if you're really thinking about SEO, think about the user experience. Don't write to satisfy Google and start using awkward language just to fit in a keyword. <laughs> so that, to me, that's a real don't.
0: Yeah, I love that. Oh, gosh, Brian, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. This is like a great episode. You shared so much helpful information. Um, and it was lovely speaking to you. Let, let's tell everybody how to find out uh, more about you, how, about your services, and how to say hello online.
1: Sure. Well, my website is my name. Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Lawrence, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E.com. My handle is Brian Lawrence Wedding. Uh, you know, I, I actually work on a, di- on a number of different paths where if you're looking to do a lot of work yourself, I could just be a guiding light and, and be, be somewhat of a SEO website uh, guide to even like a one-time meeting just to just do a consult to give to set you on the right path and i definitely do full websites website improvement and when it comes to seo there are some things that you could be doing yourself but there are others that you really want to pro to do like one and done and then you have a much healthier site so that's something that i do as well
0: oh that's awesome well, all these uh, links are in the show notes. You guys could swipe them up right now. Click on the links and let Brian know you listened to today's episode. Brian, thank you so much for coming on. I hope to have you back soon. And this has been wonderful.
1: It was my pleasure.
0: Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a big shout out and a huge thank you to Brian for being here. I absolutely love chatting and picking your brain. And I just, everything you said was awesome. So I hope you guys really got a lot of great tips from today's episode. If you want to find out more about Brian, um, find out more about how to work with him, swipe on up, click the show notes, and let him know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys. I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.